Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. Listen, one of the great uh, minds of the 20th century is an Oxford scholar and professor, Clive Staple Lewis, more affectionately known as C.S. Lewis, who wrote many scholarly works, but he also wrote a series of children's books called The Chronicles of Narnia. And one of those books, uh, The Silver Chair, has this beautiful scene in it. It's a scene about a young girl named Jill. And Jill, in, in the description that C.S. Lewis gives about this young girl, is she's proud, she's haughty, she has an attitude problem. <laughs> and she finds herself in a deep forest, and it's dark, and it's thick, it's a thick forest, and she's dying of thirst. And she can hear the trickle of a stream. So she follows that sound until she comes upon the stream. And there, in the words of C.S. Lewis, is a lion at the edge of the stream, as still as a statue, but frightfully and terribly alive. Jill is frozen, paralyzed. And the, the lion speaks first. The lion says this, if you're thirsty, you may drink. But Jill doesn't respond. She doesn't make a move. She doesn't say anything. So the lion says again and asks a question. Are you thirsty? I am dying of thirst, said Jill. Then drink, said the lion. Will you promise not to do anything to me? If I come, I make no promise, said the lion. In C.S. Lewis's books, these children's novels, the lion represents the person of Jesus. And just like Jill, many of us, we're dying of thirst. And we're asking this same question. Now, if I come, you promise not to do anything to me? And Jesus says the same thing this lion does. I make no promise. I make no promise. So, but driven by her thirst, she does take a step forward, almost involuntarily. And she asks, do, do, you, do you eat girls? Jill said. And the lion responds, I eat girls and boys, men, I've swallowed girls, boys, men, women, kings, emperors, cities and realms, the lion said. I dare not come and drink, said Jill. Then you will die of thirst, said the lion. Oh dear, said Jill. I, I, I'm going to have to search for, for another stream. And the lion says these powerful words that echo right into February 14, 2021, the lion says, there is no other stream. Friends, are you like Jill today? In a thick forest of your own circumstances? Thirsting, soul parched, looking for a place to go. Is your soul down? Can you relate to the psalmist in Psalm 42, verse 5, when he says this? Why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Listen, I know that's the story of a lot of us listening today. I'll tell you why. My inbox at work has been filling up, and it's not unusual to have a full inbox in my email. What's unusual is the amount of emails I'm receiving that are heavy, weighty. Emails from thirsty people, thirsting for a breakthrough, thirsting for a break. 
I'm getting emails from medical professionals in our community, and understandably, they're exhausted. I'm getting emails from teachers in our community that are quite concerned protocols, all kinds of things, but they feel a lot of anxiety around what's going on in this world right now. I get emails from parents who are trying to navigate anxiety and depression and the difficulties that their children are, are, are experiencing in this moment. I got an email from a woman whose husband, she's been married for years, but he's struggling with depression and he has no close friends and she's, she's concerned for him. I get emails from people struggling with emotional and mental just challenges. And in their words, never felt less supported, never felt more alone than they do right now. I get emails from people who have suffered loss, the loss of jobs, the loss of loved ones, the loss of their own health. I mean, every one of us has experienced some measure of loss, the loss of finances, you being eroded away. I get emails also uh, from people like a young man in our church who sent me an email saying his father has just been rushed to the hospital and he's unresponsive. And he's taking care of a young family himself and he's taking care of aging parents. And there's a, a lot of people that the world is just converging on and adding more and more weight to them. Now, these are just messages I've received in the last two to three weeks. They're not speaking not, nothing of what our elders and our deacons and our other pastoral staff and many people in the church, you receive people reaching out for help in, the moment, in these moments. Many of us are finding ourselves right now in a thick forest of our circumstances. And when you, the thicker the forest is, the less light that gets through. It's blocking out the light. And yet we find ourselves in these circumstances and we're thirsting for a breakthrough. We're thirsting for a break. And so we start searching for a stream, something that will carry us away from this moment, something that will quench our anxiety, quench our fear, quench, our, quench, quench that worry that's inside of each of us. I've been there. I know this forest well. I know what it's like to search for a stream to try to quench my anxiety quench my fear. I feel those same things. I worry about the people I love in this life. I worry something will happen to them. I worry that maybe something won't happen for them. I, I worry sometimes late at night when it's, when, it's, when it's been a particularly rough season or something. And I just think, you know, I've been married 27 years and I love my wife. And I was thinking, you know, one day one of us is going to have to say goodbye to the other, and I don't know how I'll do life without her. But I comfort myself in those moments because I realize that women outlive men, generally speaking. So really, this is Shelley's problem, not mine. You know, you know she's going to have to figure that out. <laughs> uh, I worry, friends. I worry someday that I might lose my capacity to remember as I'm watching my dad, just that terrible disease of Alzheimer's eroding his cognitive abilities. I feel the weight of journeying with friends through cancer, and I'm walking closely with a dear friend of mine right now as he walks through cancer. I, I feel the holy weight, and it is a holy weight that I've voluntarily taken on of leading a spiritual community. On my good days, man, I'm ready to charge a mountain on your behalf, ready to, to bust open the gates of Mordor on your behalf, but on my, my day, weekdays, I feel every bump in the road. I feel every one of those emails I receive, I feel your weight on me. It's, it's part of the role. It's part of what I do. 
But sometimes I worry that I can't be enough and I won't be enough. You know, I think it's interesting, and why I share this with you is not so you feel bad for me, because we all have struggles. And that's the point. Whether it's scripture or what we'll hear today, we all struggle differently, but we all struggle. We all worry about different things, but every one of us worries. Now, you might not call it worry, but you could call it fretting. You can call it anxiety. You can call it whatever you want. We all do it. We all hurt differently, but we all get hurt. We all might get down differently, but we're all going to get down. How do you upright your soul when it's down? I think if God was with us right now, he might use the words that we're going to sing in a song at the end of our gathering I love these words. He might say this to you. If you're down right now, he might say, stand firm in your faith. Now, if it was God speaking it, though, I know he'd add a beloved, loved one, child, stand firm in your faith and be courageous and strong. Don't don't stress, just breathe deep and know I'm holding it all. I'm holding it all. Friends, struggling is not a sign of weakness. Actually, it's in the struggle that resilience and strength is built. If you're struggling right now, you're in a pocket and in a moment where resilience and strength can grow. In fact, when I saw a counselor a few years ago, they made this statement. I love it. They just said, emotions are information. And friends, if you'll listen to your emotions right now, they're telling you a story. They're telling you a story. And if you can listen to that story, you can get to the root of that story. It's only when you get to the root of it, you can move beyond it. There's a beautiful story in Exodus chapter 3 of a man who might be in similar circumstances than most of us. He's he's a man who's been beaten down. He's a broken man. He's an anxious man. He's fear-filled in this moment. Now, you know him or you know his name. His name is Moses. This is not the Moses that will stand before Pharaoh and say, let my people go, not yet. This is not the Moses of the Red Sea and holds up the staff and the waters part or the Moses of the Ten Commandments who ascends to Mount Sinai and comes back with all those truths and is hidden in the cleft of the rock as God's glory goes by. That's not this Moses. This is a shell of that Moses. This is a Moses that is accustomed to being in the thick forest of circumstances that blocks out the light. See, Moses has had a tough life, a traumatic life. Moses was ripped out of his birth family as a baby. He was divorced from all of his cultural roots. Moses doesn't even know who he is here. Is he Jewish? Is he a Hebrew? Is he Egyptian? He was raised in that. Is he a Kenite? He's with them right now. He doesn't even know who he is. He's a man who has been running from his history. At age 40, he murdered a man. And he's been running ever since. And he's doing what many of us do. He's hiding. He so wants comfort. And comfort is a trap. Comfort is a trap. Now, every one of us loves being comfortable, don't we? We love the, listen, if I'm too cold at home, I turn up the heat. Why? Because I want to be comfortable. But comfort can be a trap because it causes you to live a small life, a hidden life, when God has something more for you in this life. God had other plans for Moses. In Exodus chapter 3, Moses is tending sheep at the bottom of Mount Horeb, which in Hebrew means the mountain of God. And he's there. It's not his sheep. It's his father-in-law's sheep. And while he's out in the desert tending the sheep, he notices something. He sees a bush that's burning. 
but it's not being consumed. Just like Jill sees this lion and beside the stream, he sees this bush in the desert, and it's not being consumed. And the bush speaks to him like the lion spoke to Jill in C.S. Lewis's story. The, 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 the bush calls out to Moses and says, Moses, Moses. And Moses responds, I'm here. And this is what God says to him. God said, don't come any closer. Be very careful. Remove your sandals from your feet. You're standing on holy ground. Just like in C.S. Lewis's story, when she sees this, I I love his imagery around it, this statue-like lion that was terribly and frightfully alive. God is saying to Moses, be very careful. This is dangerous right now. Be very careful, Moses. You've never been in the presence and this close to anyone like me ever. This is God speaking. And then God goes on to say these words to Moses. I am. Can you say those words with me? I am. These are important words in this message. Say it again. I am. Who are you, God? I am the God of your father, Moses. The God of Abraham. The God of Isaac. The God of Jacob. Moses hid his face, afraid to look at God. What is God doing here? God is reconnecting Moses to his roots. God is reminding him of his story. He's saying, listen, Moses, you don't even know who you are. Let me remind you. I am the God of the people that have given you life. I'm the God of your father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And your story is their story. And their story is your story. I I was thinking of it this week. One of our staff, Matt, Smith was talking to me, and we were talking about 2020. And we are just talking about how hard this past year was. And Matt said something that just, I had to write it down on a little sticky note and keep it close to me. He just said, you know, I'm so proud of our church family. We got bumped hard in 2020, and faithfulness spilled out. And I, I, I couldn't help but say yes and amen to that. The faithfulness of God people, they didn't run and scatter when the tough times came, they came together. They didn't didn't choose to give in to fear, they they went the path of courage and faithfulness, and they have seen a faithful God. Well, listen, friends, I know that faithfulness was built through faithful years of ministry of many people in the past that have built in, and listen, even if you're brand new at One Church Teal, you're part of that story now. You're grafted into that story. It's a part of who we are. See, friends, God is connecting Moses to the story, and why is because Moses has believed a different story. Your worry, your fear, your anxiety is constantly telling you a story, and many of us believe it's our story. But the story that worry and anxiety and fear is telling you is a story that lacks courage. It's a story that lacks joy. It's a story that certainly lacks hope and it lacks a future. But that's not your story. That's not my story. That's not your story. That's the story of your circumstances and maybe your pain. But that's not the story that we're a part of. God tells Moses, I've heard the cry of my people in Egypt in captivity. I've heard their anxiety, their fear, their worry, their anger. I've heard that all. I am invisibly aware 
of what's going on. Friends, when you go through tough times, your tough times and the story your pain and circumstances will tell you is that God is either aware and he doesn't care, or he's aware and he lacks the power to do anything about it, or worse, he's unaware, blissfully disengaged with what you're going through. And we're being reminded constantly by God that he is invisibly aware. He's invisibly aware of what you're going through in your marriage right now. He's invisibly aware of what your children are going through or the job front or the health situation you might go through. And here's what's more. Jesus is not only invisibly aware, he cares. And his compassion moves him to action. See, every time you read in the Gospels that Jesus is moved by compassion, he's moved to a place of action. He does something about it. So God is doing something about it when he hears his people in Egypt crying out to him. He's invisibly aware and he shows up to Moses and says, I'm not done with you, Moses. Instead, you are going to be the answer to their prayer. (laughs) Now, if you know the story, Moses is having none of it. He's just like, why me? Pharaoh's not going to listen to me. God, don't you know I was broken in Egypt. I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back to all that I've known. I've been running from that. I'm afraid. See, he's so insecure. He's been beat down so much. He's in a comfort zone. He's safe, hidden in the desert. And God wants to rip him out and put him back in the action. God says this in Exodus chapter 311, powerful words. He says this, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Why does he need to say that? Because when our souls are down, we feel all alone and we feel like no one gets us, right? When our souls are beaten down, we feel like we're all alone. No one is with us and no one gets us. You know, I'm I'm thankful for the circumstances I find myself in right now because even as a lead pastor of this church, there's a weight that you feel. It's hard to describe unless you've been in that chair. You feel it on your day off. You feel it all the time. It's not like you can turn it off. You feel this spiritual weight and you feel the gravity of which you're, what you're a part of. And, and then you're asked to lead it and, and it, you feel that weight. But you know what's beautiful is we've got a teaching pastor in Keith Smith who knows what I'm going through. He knows exactly that weight because he's been there. And so I can ask him for advice. I can turn to him in moments of difficulty. He, he can see it in me sometimes and reach out to me and say, hey, are you okay? Why? Because he understands. But as much as Keith understands, he has limitations too. He can't be there all the time with me. He can't say he's always with me, although I know he is in spirit. But this is the beauty of Jesus, friends. Jesus broke into this broken world. He came into this broken world and he allowed the broken world to break him. Why? So he can say to you on February 14th, 2021, I know how you feel. I know how you feel and I'm with you. I am with you. I know how you feel and I am with you. What beautiful words. So Moses says to God, okay, okay, so you're with me, but who do I say sent me? When, when they ask, well, who are you? Who do I say sent me? And God says these powerful words. He says, I am who I am. Listen to this. Tell the people of Israel, how's this for a moniker? I am sent me to you. 
Can you say those words? I am sent me to you. It matters who's with you. It matters. Centuries later, a lion clothed as a lamb would describe what it means to be I am. He would say things like this. I am with you always to the end of the age. Say those words. I am with you always to the end of this age. He would describe himself with many I am statements. He would say this, I'm the bread of life. I'm the one who sustains you in the desert. I'm the living water that quenches your thirst. I am the one that holds you up when all of life around you seems to be shriveling up. I'm the source. I'm the bread of life. He would say this, I'm the light of the world. No matter how dark it gets, I illuminate and I push back darkness and light is always greater than darkness and he is the light of the world. He would say this, I'm the gate for the sheep. I'm the doorway for salvation and the gate is always open. Whosoever will can pass through the gate. I am the way, he would say. He would go on to say, I am the resurrection and the life. What a declaration, friends. What a declaration. This means that we are never hopeless, ever hopeless. He has beaten death. He has broken sin. He's broken its addictive power and hold on our lives. In other words, Jesus can beat anything that is beating us. What's beating you, friend? What's beating on you right now? Jesus is bigger than that. Jesus is better than that. See, maybe you're a lot like Jill in that C.S. Lewis story. Maybe you're a lot like Moses. Jill had no idea who she was talking to. Moses had no idea who he was talking to. Oh, I mean, they could see what and who they were talking to. They had an idea about who God was, but they grossly underestimated God that he could swallow up boys and girls, men and women, kings and emperors, cities and realms without boasting, without anger, without even effort. The God who gives us no other option. You either drink from the stream or we die. And last week I was... I was writing this message. I was sitting at my desk at my house and I was in Exodus 3 and when I'm writing, I'm always listening to music. It it just helps me focus for some reason. Some people I know are different in the chat room. But my Spotify recommended a new artist I'd never seen, never heard, and a new album this artist had just dropped last week. So I just put it on play and I let the the album play while I'm typing. And I'm, 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 I'm ruminating and I'm thinking about all the I am statements of Jesus. And, and God saying to Moses, tell them, I am sent you. And then the song came on from this album called I Am. And I stopped everything. It was like a Holy Spirit moment. That's all I could say. It was a convergence moment. And it, I don't have this very often. But I knew that song was for me and it was for you. In a moment, Natalie's going to sing this song. It's called, I Am. And I was just in tears listening to it. I probably listened to it 40 times this week. And what came to my memory was a word that one of our elders sent to me in the last couple of weeks. 
And it was like this Holy Spirit moment where the scripture, that song, and this word all kind of converged in this moment. This is what one of our elders wrote. He said this, I sense a new refreshing. God is giving new ideas and new ministries to launch. God is leading his people. And listen to this. Listen to this, friends. God is leading his people into deep, 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 four times relationship with the Holy Spirit this coming year. You know, I knew this was for such a time as this. I know this gathering is going to feel very different, and it should. Natalie's going to sing this song, and I want to invite you to allow it to wash over your souls, to listen to the words closely. And after she's done, three of our elders are going to, learn it, are, are going to lead us in a moment of prayer. So stay with us. This is a really important moment to connect the teaching, to connect it to our spirits, to upright our souls. Open your heart. Allow this song to wash over you. Sometimes my love looks like the sea and you 
Okay, church family, I'm going to ask you to lean in in this moment, and we're going to be led in prayer by three of our elders, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to posture your body just like what's going on in your spirit, and the first posture I'm going to ask you to do is just extend your hands out as if you're receiving. As Darrell Allen, one of our elders, prays for all of us who are struggling emotionally, mentally, anxiety, worry, fear. Why don't we cast our care on him and receive his peace in return? Darrell, go ahead and lead us in prayer. Let's take a moment to pray for those who are struggling with mental and emotional challenges. Dear God, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to come before you with all our cares and our worries, that there's nothing too big nor too small for you to handle. During this season, maybe more than ever before, we find that there are so many of us who are struggling with heaviness of heart, chaos in our thoughts, and what feels like a thousand worries on our shoulders. 
And so right now, Father God, I ask that you bring comfort to these troubled hearts, peace in the battlefield of these chaotic thoughts, and freedom from the burden of these worries that rest on our shoulders. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, I am's name, right? I am's name. Peace from those chaotic thoughts. Friends, if you're struggling, you don't need to do it alone. Not only do you have Jesus, you have a community around you. In fact, you can go to onechurch.to slash care, or in the chat room, there's a button there. We have a care network in this church made up of pastors and elders and deacons and people in our church that are, we just recognize and that there, there's a measure of health in them and wholeness and they love Jesus. Hey, if you need someone to talk to, reach out, press that button. You need someone to, to be there or to direct you or, or to, to help resource you in this moment. Don't ever be afraid of pressing that button. Just like Jill is frozen in her tracks because she sees a lion. Sometimes we have a lot of fear about admitting we need help or asking for help. Hey, I'm praying that you'll have the courage to take a next step. Just like Jill had to, just like Moses had to, hopefully you will too. Now, Wilson Lung, one of our other elders, is going to be praying, and he's going to pray for those of us who suffered loss in this season. And this time I'm going to ask you to hold out your hands again, but not to receive as much as to actually think in your spirit about holding Jesus' hands in this moment. Go ahead and grab his hands in this moment as Wilson leads us in prayer. Let's pray for those who are struggling this season. Heavenly Father, it's been a difficult and challenging year for so many in our church community, in our city, across the country, and all around the world. And Father, we pray for those that have lost loved ones. We pray that you will bring comfort to their lives. We think about those who are suffering health issues, and we ask that you would bring healing to their bodies. Father, for those who have lost jobs and income, may you bring your provision and new opportunities of employment. Father, we think of families that have lost their daily rhythms and routines of life, just getting by each day. And we pray, Father, that you will help restore balance to their lives. And we think of those who are suffering in terms of depression and anxiety, isolation and loneliness. We pray that you will bring peace and encouragement to them. Father, in this season of loss, we thank you that we can still stand firm in your word. In the book of Isaiah, these are your words to us. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So Father, we put our trust in you, and we cling to these promises during this season. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Listen, if you don't know what it means to hold on to those hands of Jesus. I'd invite you to join me at Alpha this week. I'm a part of Alpha every Wednesday night, and this week we're exploring who is Jesus. What a great, uh, safe place to explore any question you might have, the meaning of life, 
the, the meaning of who God is and, and even faith, that journey, what that even looks like. Join us for that conversation. Click the link in the, in the chat room and, and you can know what it means to be able to walk hand in hand with Jesus, to have a friend that sticks closer than any brother or sister could in this world. And then finally, our last elder, Katie Hamilton is going to pray and she's going to pray for kids and teens. The world they're growing up in looks so different than the world that you and I grew up in. And we need to be praying for them, friends. So here's how I'd like you to posture yourself. I wonder if you can, even wherever you are in the screen, if you've got a kid around you, you put your hand on them as Katie prays. But otherwise, just reach your hand forward, almost as if you're stretching out to touch one of our children, one of our youth, one of our young adults. Katie, would you lead us in prayer? Let's pray for our children and our youth. God, we thank you that you are a God of peace and a God who desires to meet us where we are. And we bring our kids and our youth before you and ask you to bring your peace to them. So many have struggled this past year with feelings of loneliness, with anxiety, and with depression. And God, I pray that they would be reminded that you are for them, that you are with them, and that there's nowhere that they can go that they can hide from you. God, we pray that you would give them a sense of peace, but that you would give them courage and you would give them strength. God, we know that you love them. We know that you are with them. And I pray, Lord, that our kids and our youth would feel your presence in their lives right now. Amen. 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 Thank you, Katie. I know you're a school teacher and you know firsthand and you have children yourself. You know what they're struggling with. Uh, Friends, uh, if you're a parent, a grandparent, or if you know parents in the GTA or across Canada or around the world, we would invite you to join us Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. Dr. David Ng is Pastor Dennis mentioned, clinical psychiatrist who's a part of our church family, a follower of Jesus, one of the leading voices in Canada with children, youth, young adults. And he's going to do a Q&A with Pastor O'Shea McDonald, our youth pastor, and Stephanie Jones, our next-gen team lead. And they're going to, you're going to have the opportunity to ask questions. We just want to come alongside you and help resource you in this moment. So here's how our gathering is going to end. It's going to end a little differently today. In a moment, I'm going to walk off this little stage area and I'm, the band's going to continue to play. And I'd love you to take a few minutes. You might want to press that request prayer button in the, in, the prayer, in the chat room and have someone come alongside of you and pray with you in this moment. Or you might want to pray a little prayer in the chat so others can be encouraged by it. I'm going to leave you with a benediction. The band's going to keep playing and just allow yourself the gift of a moment to allow God's spirit to wash over your soul. Lunch will wait. Other things can wait. Just a few minutes in God's presence. Let this be the benediction. May your day be blessed by moments of quietness, light in the darkness, strength in your weakness, grace in your meekness, joy in your gladness, peace in your stillness. May your day be blessed. Love you one church deal. 
Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.